Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to season four of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me is my post-Thanksgiving squad. We have Janelle Wheeler with us today. Hello, hello. And Matthew Aguilar is here and looking hello. at his self. What it's really is hard to put on a People... Christmas hat over your headphones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah this looks like... Uh, Mar- we're getting marginally on uh, whatever you're doing here. Uh, we're not going. We're going to get letters. This is not some weird turban Matt is putting on. This is just his Christmas hat that cannot fit over his headphones for anybody listening or for anybody wa- uh, not watching but listening. This is good incentive of why you should watch uh, Comic Book Nation on our YouTube page Uh-oh. or the Comic Book so Twitch busy. page because uh, you'll miss out on all this fun stuff. But, uh, oh, Janelle's got a hat. There oh it is, God. Mario, oh, son. Right. All right, all right, let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Kangle. All right, let's go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to Sam Jackson. But, um, look, all right. So we've changed Black Friday to Half Friday. And uh, here we are. <laughs> you can tell we are all still recovering from Thanksgiving because this show's already gone off the rails, and we are not even a minute in. Um <laughs> Matt, does this comfort you? Do these count as helmets? Do you, I mean, does this make so. you feel better? I okay, they really do. They, yeah, really uh, Damon streams in the comments. Yeah, here we go. Um, and Peter's here too. So thank you to everybody for being here today. Uh, thank you for everybody who's uh, tuning in with us today. I know you guys are doing holiday stuff, and hopefully, we're helping you escape some family time. But um, we got some fun stuff to do today. Now that Thanksgiving's done and we've uh, digested the meal, it is time to get into uh, the things we got to talk about, which are Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special because holiday season is officially here if you can't tell from matt like we're ready to get into it i know i am i know you guys are so we're going to start with conversation about guardians of the galaxy holiday special but first we got to do something very uh solemn but special matt there was something on the power rangers front if you guys don't know uh matt is our resident at comicbook.com i mean he's like the one-man power rangers section of our site who keeps it uh (laughs) pumping and bubbling over there and he does uh, an awesome job. I know you don't hear that enough, but uh, you do an awesome job keeping our Power Rangers stuff up. And uh, this week was a very hard week for Power Rangers fans everywhere. So uh, Matt, take it away and let's just, uh, let's take it, let's get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for those who, who don't know, um, Jason David Frank, uh, who is, of course, the uh, played the original Green Ranger in Mighty Morphin, uh, Tommy, uh, passed away. Um, it was uh, a kind of a, of a shock over over course of a couple days as details came out. Um, it was a suicide. And, um, you know, we have uh, reports and things like that if you want to get more details um, on the site. But uh, it was just a a very sudden, I mean, for those who obviously know uh, Jason David Frank on on the comic con front, and he's always just been so good with his fans. Uh, He interacted so much with his fans all over over the world, and he very much was the uh, embraced Power Rangers as a franchise and 
you know, many of the people uh, in that circle, um, you know, very much call him kind of their leader. Uh, so it was it was a big shock uh, to to everyone. So, you know, uh, my my heart goes out to his uh, his family, his kids. Um, they're dealing with a lot right now. So we just wanted to take a minute and uh, acknowledge that. And uh, so it was a very sad thing. Yeah. And I will say, like, on a personal and professional front, like Jason David Frank was always very good with for us and, and to us here at Comic Book. Um, I know some of the people who knew him directly more personally, like Jim Viscardi or Chris Killian, aren't here to kind of speak for themselves. But I will say that he was like literally a friend to the site and somebody who would always lend his time and his presence to just speaking with us, geeking out with us and, and just really like like you said, like representing for some people who always will be, you know, grumpy and turn their backs on franchises and fans and all that. Like that man just kept putting in the work and yeah, he will be sorely missed. I mean, it's been a weird kind of experience for, I know I had a post on Twitter that, you know, is not to like promote, but just saying like losing Kevin Conroy and, mm -hmm. you know, JDF and doing this all has been like a weird kind of blow to nineties kids who, who gained so much creativity and inspiration and just hours of entertainment from these people's efforts. But, uh, yeah, as everybody say in the comments, bless up. Um, you know, it's appropriate after Thanksgiving to just say thanks for everything we have and especially what we get to do here. And yeah, and just, uh, yeah, try to take care of each other and, and, you know, hold your loved ones close and check in on with them. I'm not going to go down all the slogans, you know, but um, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Thing. But we wanted to get that out of the way up front and just uh, pay our respects. So then we can move on to the happier stuff, which is, you know, talking about the holiday season. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and another Marvel special presentation that we got. But uh, do you want to do the news first? Should we get the news? No, we can. I mean, that's. I think that's a perfect segue. Yes, Why second guess myself? Stop doing it. All right, let's go. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is now out. So this is the next Marvel special presentation. And like Werewolf by Night, and this is the only time I think I'll say that. But uh, like Werewolf by Night, it, it's just kind of a, a standalone story. It's not a movie. It's not a TV episode. It's somewhere in between. And I, I liked it because it is blessedly simple while doing kind of a She-Hulk and moving some pieces of the MCU around for when we see the Guardians next and things to already be excited about. But it, it really is just telling us a Christmas story. And it's a blessedly simple, blessedly fun Christmas story um, featuring two of the franchise's best, uh, particularly Dave Batista and Palm Klementoff as Mantis and, you know, Batista as Drax. And uh, I just had fun with it. And it, it, James Gunn, you know, made this as fun as he makes anything that I enjoy of his. I know some people don't always agree, but uh, there's just a good soundtrack, some fun cameos. And, you know, this guy, Kevin Bacon, might have a future in the business if he keeps it up. And, <laughs> and I know, I know. We're going to keep making those jokes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just great stuff like that and the meta-ness of it all. So this is fun and a great Marvel spell. Like I said, I'm really enjoying – I think it made the case for as wildly different as they are, Werewolf by Night and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special just make the case that, like, yeah, with these special presentations – Marvel can do a lot and, and can please us in a lot of different ways that don't wear, don't wear out their welcome. So I enjoyed it. How did you guys feel about it? 
Janelle? You want me to take it? Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. I'm freaking out. I'm fresh off watching this and Yondu. That's all I'm going to say. If you haven't seen it yet, I cried at the end. I don't care. I cried and it made it just, it was so good. Uh, it was like heartwarming and funny and exciting. And uh, it was just, it was so James Gunn and I love James Gunn. I know whatever everybody has an opinion my opinion of james gunn is like he can do no wrong and i adore him um and all that he does so this th it was just very heartwarming i'm <laughs> i'm obsessed i my fiance is like or, oh my god he's my husband now um he was like oh can you wait can you wait and like watch it with me and it will be special i'm like listen i'm gonna watch this thing like 20 times this christmas season so you're fine <laughs> like we'll be watching this again we'll be watching it tonight we'll be watching it with like his nephews we'll be watching it with my parents i'll be watching it on christmas eve like i'm gonna watch it like five times for sure at least yeah no man i you know i i third all of those all of those things, I think, um, you know, the special, it really does make an argument for the special presentation being a much bigger factor moving forward, because I think this was the perfect vehicle for it. I think Guardians, um, because of its group format and because we, in those first, you know, two movies, right? And, and in um, Mantis's case, just one movie, like you don't get to spend as much time with these characters as you would like, uh, because, you know, there's a mainline story going through and a lot of it centers on Peter Quill. So I love that we got to kind of isolate these two wonderful characters. I am always up for Drax. Drax is amazing, but Mantis really gets to shine here. And it's just because you get to spend more time with her. And I just love that. And I think that was such a, a wonderful fit. I, I love the meta-ness of it. It was perfect for this type of thing. I love that you blended animation with live action. I mean, it was just, it was fun. And, you know, while I will agree that I think, you know, it's so hard to compare these two, <laughs> these two things. We couldn't get too opposing uh, and just in, in difference of approach and things and as far as special Well, I would call it a Kofi and a Matt, if we're really being honest. Like, one was That's a probably Kofi true. and one was a Matt. <laughs> I don't know who would want to be Werewolf by Night, because this spanked it. Sorry. Oh, like, my God. So well, much geez. more likable. This is going to broadcast to everyone. Everyone's going to love this. Kids are going to love this. Like, it's going to do so much better. I love Janelle it. Janelle Wheeler, this won't That's be the right. first Throw time in my life down. I've said it. I yeah. won't be the first time I've said it. Won't be the last. I will take that spanking. But this one is great. Like this, this is, is so good. universal. Is but can I? I just have a question for you, experts. How old is Groot in this? <laughs> is he like a pre? Or he's like he's like a twenty-year-old, maybe like a like a college kid. He's like okay. So he was in. So in. Yeah, in I don't know. He looks he's whatever the next. Toy is my is. point. My he's point is like, Groot well, is weird. Well, this one. Well, I this was one was issues. practical, like this was different because this was a because of this was the budget and stuff. This was a practical effect. Okay. Group. He creeped me out. He creeped me out. I was yeah. like, okay, Groot 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 this is like a Ven yeah, this is like Avengers Campus group. This is not like, you know, Disney <laughs> yeah, performer is going to be in that suit group. Like, his yeah. head was so tiny CGI. and his body was like huge. And I was like, this is not right. Like, <laughs> yeah, Peter says he's about 17. I'm okay. guessing that's yeah. about right. That's about that's yeah. I thought he I thought he looked good on like a TV budget. That was Groot okay. on a TV budget. So like yeah, 
you know, they only had money for the, like the one, you know, That's rocket, a couple rocket sequences. He's, like you had to. He's in his swole <laughs> He's been swole. hitting the gym. <laughs> yeah, that's about. I mean, that's teenage. Everybody's been in high school. We know when you know you thought all glamour muscles were it, and Tree you got all crazy. Yeah. Some great so, comments. I have another question yeah. for for the experts. The end credit scene. They alluded to a possible another one. Is what is that going to happen? Are we going to get another one? So that, so, I mean, he does come from a, like a line of other groups. Right? No, no. I'm talking groups. about another Christmas special. Oh, another Christmas special. They're like, like, we're going to have to do another one. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, well, why not? I mean, that's a very bold. As long as we get werewolf statement. by day first. I need werewolf yeah. by day first. And then <laughs> you can get. I mean, we might look, too. he's, he is very much in the DC camp. Mm-hmm. moving forward but i you know i mean do i could i see like he he i don't think he'll be able to do it because he's i'm pretty sure he's exclusive to dc for the next however many years um okay. is it four i think it's four yeah, is the contract yeah, yeah so um but like could i see someone stepping into that and doing and I, I don't think i think we will get another christmas special next year regardless i just don't know if it'll be guardians it won't be guardians got you yeah. okay cool that's exciting. On, we want that Hawkeye. We want that Hawkeye Christmas reunion. I've been special. rewatching uh, Hawkeye. Have you guys been rewatching it for the season? No, I haven't started uh, yet. Not yet. <gasps> not yet. But I will be. It's like, on deck. I, yeah, I start Christmas tomorrow. Like Christmas starts tomorrow. So <laughs> Today's Black I, Friday. Be, uh, yeah, today is my day of tranquility. Tomorrow we are going to go full tilt into the eggnog. So. Yeah, no, but I will be. Yeah, but uh, I would love to see a special of just it, just kind of Kate Bishop and uh, Clint Barton trying to reunite and do their thing as a tradition and having it again go like crazy die hard on them. That'd be amazing. Love that. Zemo yeah, so, holiday extravaganza. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be amazing. Zemo goes clubbing and each club has some secret part of his plan. Oh, my God. Yeah, a drag great. show, a Marvel drag show. Oh, my God. That's what I want. I need a. <laughs> what is I need a Where are we going? I, I need a Jeff the Shark Christmas special. So I need them to hurry up and introduce him in the movies so that he can be a thing. Because uh, trust me, it'll be the next group. He will, oh, he will be huge. Damon Streams agrees with me. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know it. Because uh, so yeah, the point be- in all this is. We like the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, it and great. it is a good time. And Two you guys should check up. it out. Yeah, yeah. You guys and tell us it. what you think about it. Yeah, and I, I can't mean it. It definitely, if nothing else, made me ready for Guardians 3. Um, I'm ready for oh. that emotional pain. I think this was a good primer for it. But, uh, yeah, let's do Guardians 3. But I will miss these misfits when they're gone because they are so much fun. And, yeah, just Palm Klementoff and, you know, who has just had the craziest rise. Because I remember I, I got to sit down with her for her first real breakout movie, which was Spike Lee's Old Boy, which like I was one of two people who saw. But uh, yeah, she was wild back then. And so it's just it's amazing to see how far she's come and how great she is, at, at, especially at Mantis. But uh, her and Batista are just I will miss this in the MCU. So, well, yeah, we will be rewatching this. And uh, yeah, it's going to be part of my Christmas lineup this year and uh it's gonna be wild going from something like this to violent night right like you know making these kind of jumps but, uh, <laughs> yes <are>. yes <laughs> so we still got to talk about that which is crazy we still haven't even gotten to that but i'm waiting oh to gosh. people see that because mm-hmm. uh yeah but i'm um, all right let's talk about some news before we uh get out of here because the paramount part uh the paramount plus 
cut of our show. We got to make sure we uh, package this nicely so you guys get all the latest stuff before we maybe cut to another episode. But uh, for our longer listeners slash watchers of the YouTube page and the podcast download, we will be talking about the Andor finale. We will be talking about WWE Survivor Series War Games. We will be doing comics and talking uh, Titans. We also will have a special interview with one of the Titans cast coming up. But uh, first, before we get out for the kind of short version of the show, we do have to talk about the big news at the Mouse House, which Ooh, is yeah. Bob, Big Bob I is coming back. Well, little Bob C is on his way out. So Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, is making a comeback. And Bob Chapik, uh, his replacement, is going out. It's been the shortest retirement since, like, Jordan or Jay-Z, I think. Um, yeah, Iger's in rare company of people who were like, well, I'm done. And then we're like, well, I'm back, as if they went through a turnstile. So here we go again. But um, there's a lot of questions, of course, all, all joking aside, that comes with Bob Iger coming back in. Uh, we get to hear Disney investor calls, which is always a treat. And, you know, Bob, I don't think anybody at Disney, just to let you know how serious of a business that is, uh, I remember his investor call was something along the lines of, yeah, it didn't go so great this year, but we'll make money next year. Don't worry about it. And now he's gone. So that should tell you how Disney plays it because now he's gone. So, um, But uh, there have been rumblings for a long time that people wanted Iger back. And there's been a lot of speculation about like what could happen. The Star Wars front especially has been going kind of nuts about you know Kathleen Kennedy, the head yeah. of Lucasfilm, the company that controls Star Wars being like tossed out. I wrote a piece on this. I mean, there are two ways of thinking about this. It all depends on why Bob Iger is coming back and what the internal kind of reasoning is for it. People like Kathleen Kennedy, if we're just doing history, like Bob Iger appointed Kathleen Kennedy yeah. head of Lucasfilm. Bob Iger's been CEO of Disney since like the mid-2000s. And so he was the visionary guy that said, you know what, this is a great brand, but you guys are mainly just gripping girls and you need to build out like an entire, you know, male slash all kids slash young teen kind of brand for yourselves. So he led the, the fight to get Marvel to get Star Wars, to do the Disney-Fox merger. Like, Bob does big things, you know what I mean? And he he does it, and he does it with a vision of, you know, making that large money, and, I mean, give him his credit, he's been successful. So either he's coming back to because Bob Chapek couldn't get the things that they were trying to do off the ground like they wanted to, and Star Wars is a good place to look. Like, there hasn't been any progress on the Star Wars movie front since Bob Iger left. It's just been stalled. We, I mean, we've heard less from Kathleen Kennedy, and it's just like we've heard all these rumors, but nothing has been happening. And so either Bob Iger's coming in to say, okay, I need to be back to kind of get this stuff moving again, to get parks moving, to get these movies moving, to get things that are going to make us those big, big bucks moving again. Or he's saying, like, I left people in charge. They're not, they didn't, they step up to the challenge, and I've got to come back in and once again, you know, do my big vision kind of sweeping changes thing. So it depends on what, like, the logic is there. And I don't think any of us know, but I wouldn't necessarily say, like, people like Kathleen Kennedy are going out. I would say, right. like, yeah, Bob Iger comes back in because it's always been debatable. Also, like, you know, Bob Iger is the man at the end of the decisions. 
So no matter how you might want to pin like the Star Wars sequel trilogy on somebody like Kathleen Kennedy, I wonder why. But, you know, at the end of the day, that was also Bob Iger saying yes, no, yes, no to a lot of those things. So I don't know if we're through like, you know, having some confusion between our last Jedi's and our rise of Skywalker's. But, yeah, I would just say I think. I'm leaning more towards Iger coming back and helping to get the big things moving again because it seemed to be beyond Bob Chapek to get that stuff going and right. keep it flowing. Well, and like um, All in the Game points out um, in the in the chat, like you know, it's and it's also hard to to narrow because, like you said, there's a lot of rumors, there's a lot of reports of why, like what led to this happening right now. Um, there's, you know, but, but Iger did appoint Chapek. Like I, like Chapek was supposed to be his protege and his next step. And that was all that thing. And Iger also like retired like three different times and then stayed around. <laughs> so it seems like there's just, this whole process has been just very odd. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think part of it is coming in because what we're seeing now and what we've already seen, right. Is that Iger has already changed their core decision-making system back to what it was when he led, which was creative focused. So instead of taking away like their budgets and taking away like things getting greenlit on what platform, all of that is now back into their hands, Kathleen Kennedy and those kinds of people. So I feel like, and also there's a rumor that, you know, again, not confirmed, but there's rumors that like the Star Wars halt on movies was a JPEG thing. Like he was kind of like, I we need to get like ducks in a row, or I just it's not my priority, or whatever, whatever the reasoning was. So there's a lot of that that I think is going to start wow. flowing more with Iger. And Iger has two years to now make another have someone else groom someone else to step into that role and going beyond because he's not here forever. This is a two year deal, he's supposed to get things back on track and then. And then see you later, you know, go back to enjoying retirement or, you know, if John Stewart gets his way, like create a news network. <laughs> so like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening there, but it, but it is endlessly fascinating. Like the more and more tea that comes out, it's just like, like, wow. And I, and I do, I am curious. The one thing I am curious, I think this is good for Star Wars on the whole. I think this is a good thing for Star Wars. And I think it's a good thing for like Marvel too, but I am interested because the, like it always seemed like the mature side of Marvel was always in question as far as that like Deadpool, when I'm talking mature, I mean like that next like R rated type of thing for mm -hmm. the Marvel universe. And like, we've got Deadpool and we've got Wolverine coming right in that whole universe. How Matt, does this affect that? Did you hear, like they actually said the S word in the holiday special. I did hear that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That was a moment. I was, was moment. yeah. I was about it. So, like, does that affect that at all? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't know. I like again, like, huh? Like, there's a there. It depends on like because Iger has been kind of hovering around this whole time. I made the comparison like jokingly about like Michael Jordan or MJ, but it was also to bring up a point about a sly point about people there's a certain type of personality that is hard to surrender, right? Like who says I'm going to retire, but it can't step away fully. And I just don't know if those decisions were already kind of things Iger was stroking before, or 
was that entirely Chapik? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we'll see re- relatively soon uh, what the case may be, but uh, I hope not because I was, I think personally after, and we'll talk about this with Andor, I think Disney does need to build out the mature reason for why I, as like an adult man or Janelle as an adult woman or Matt as an adult Matt should be able to like keep watching <laughs> Disney plus. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'm just curious to hear, like, from the source. Like, I just right. want to know how everyone feels about it. I want to make sure that, like, he's actually excited to come back to this role. And it's not like a fine, like, I'll come out of retirement. Like, I'll, I hope that it's still, like, something exciting. And I hope that it's going to be refreshing and good and not, like, kind of tied up in the drama of it or the disappointment or anything like that. Not me. I hope he goes back to the studio on a golf cart with like some <laughs> expensive shades Captain's and a pimp cup, pimp cup and like Little his pipe. top buttons open, chains all out. He's got like four <laughs> chains on and he just rolls back and he's like, yeah, thought you could do it without me, huh? Well, big Bob's here. Daddy's home. Like, yeah, I hope that's how he rolls in. Like stuff sloshing out of the glass. He's earned that's it, you know? Great. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm just looking forward to better investors call because uh, I mean, I trusted Bob Iger because he could just command a room. Those investors calls yeah. never got out of hand on his watch. They were wild under Bob JPEG's watch. They got pretty wild. So that's what I'm in it for, you know, investors yeah. calls. So How do I get into those? I want to I want to be in one. We need to get Janelle in the one. Next yeah, we need to, yeah. Well, next time what happens? Well, yeah, but you're you're a busy person. Like, am I like, too wholesome? Kind of, am I like too? <laughs> not for <laughs> Igers? No, not okay. Igers like, are gonna be okay. like <laughs> on the spot, on the money. Like even his internal memos that are coming out are like, like oh my god, they're like so put together. He's talking about like it's it. I mean, if Disney Magic was in a memo, that is what Igers. Oh, memos I are. love that. But like you know mm-hmm. whether that's. Like, I don't know. I've never worked for Bob, for Bob Iger, but like his memos are on point. So, yeah. I mean, he was messing around, man. He's he's thinking in billions. So, I mean, that, that does something to your head. But uh, he handles it pretty well. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we have an interview with a special guest from DC's yeah, Titans Season 4. We are going to talk about Andor. We're going to talk about the new Netflix series Wednesday. We're going to talk about more Titan. Oh. And you're muted. But we are going to talk about the Titans. We have an awesome interview coming up. And, and war wrestling. games. Yes. <laughs> wrestling. <War> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are back. Okay. Matt sabotaged me and tried to take control of the show, but I had to do some pretty quick uh, retooling, but I'm back. All right. 
now that I'm back, it's funny though. I got to now hand everything over to Matt. So Matt, now it's your show. Why don't you take it away? And I can sit here with my broken mic or not. And uh, tell us, we have a very special get. You got, you got to sit down with a very special member of the Titans season forecast. So please uh, give us that great introduction and let's roll into your chat, please. Yes. So uh, everyone here knows that uh, I am a big fan of Jinx on the show. And so we got to talk to Lisa Amalavana uh, earlier this week. Uh, we're going to roll a portion of it here and then you can check out the whole thing over on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page as well. So uh, let's hit it. Well, of course, uh, you mentioned, right, uh, it's it's who's going to turn down being a superhero and, and being a superhero. Part of the part of the thing is you get a suit. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've seen Jinx's suit. I know they've uh, released like looks of it and stuff and it, and it looks really uh, looks really slick. What was uh, what was that experience like kind of getting that for the first time actually on in real life and not seeing it on, you know, paper somewhere? It was really cool. And it happened in stages as well. You have a lot of fittings to get it to that point. The designs were all already done. I didn't have any kind of say in those at all. Um, but then the element of fitting it to your body and deciding the exact right mix of materials and where things are going to be placed and all that kind of thing, it it, it takes a while. Um, so I had a bunch of fittings with LJ and her team and they are incredible and that was just an honour in itself <laughs> to go through that process, especially knowing the, the amazing people that her and her team have worked with. Um, so that was really cool. And they are masters at what they do. Like yeah. the even just kind of the quality and the weight of of these suits, they're very well done. They're not just like a one piece that you throw on. There's a there's a lot to them. Um they're not particularly comfortable, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. they look good. So that's what matters. <laughs> Yeah, they look they look awesome on screen, but yeah, I've heard yeah. they are not the uh, so someone's gonna make billions uh, when they like come up with a comfortable superhero costume. Like that's gonna, yeah. that's gonna go over. Yeah, really yeah. Well. This um, is so tight. Well, and you know, you also got. I mean, it's one of those things where you know everyone who wouldn't want a a scene where they get to kill uh, one of DC's like most iconic villains, uh, and and yet he's a zombie. But you still, you still got to kill him. Uh, you got to stab him in the eye. You know what was that whole that whole uh, episode seemed just like? I mean, it was probably I don't know if it was it was difficult to shoot or not or super fun. What was that whole process like? Um, so the the inside the asylum part, um, underneath the the super supermarket, that was quite intense. Um, we filmed it in Kingston Prison. And we had an intense kind of six day week, long days filming there. Um, not really seeing the light of day, <laughs> arriving when it was dark, leaving when it was night and just being kind of stuck inside this um, prison. All to, but we were all together. So, you know, there was fun to be had. Um, so it was tough, but worth it. And, it, and we had a great time together. It was just tiring. Um, and then the zombie deathstroke uh, stuff was really, really good fun to do. I mean, I that was not really a stunt. I did it all myself. Um, okay. I only saw it. I haven't, you know, I'm not watching the episodes in advance, so I only saw it the other day and was pleased with how it turned out. Um, the the 
gun bit where I take the gun. That wasn't in the script. That was just oh. me. I figured she'd take the gun because she she's a thief and she'd want to make a buck out of it. So I took the gun, they ran with it. And then me and me and Brenton played with that as well in, in the car. I get in the car, he notices I've got the gun. That's the kind of like improv that we were able to do and have. And, and um, so I was quite proud of how it turned out because, you know, I, it looked good and I, I added stuff to it that felt right. So yeah, it all worked out well. Um, you know, this is, uh, we're, we've got two more, we got a couple more episodes to go of this first kind of chunk of this season, um, you know, uh, without getting into spoilers, obviously, but, uh, you know, what can you tease about what's coming up for, you know, Brother Blood, Mother Mayhem, we're still kind of seeing how all that plays out and for Jinx herself. Yeah. Oh God. It's so hard to avoid spoilers. Like okay. what can I say? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's no surprise because joseph's um super suit has been revealed that he does become brother blood that happens that has been revealed um so that's coming and that's gonna be pretty epic jinx's part to play in it all um she has quite a big part without meaning to in banding the gang together in a way. Um, she acts very much on instinct. Um, yeah, potentially goes against what she should be doing, really. Um, uh, but I don't think, I don't think she causes anything too terrible. The, the, the inevitable it would have happened anyway it's not it's not it's not jinx's fault um but other than that there's not really anything that i can say i'm just being super vague about it <laughs> no i understand <laughs> well thank you so much for uh for for joining us and we can't wait to see the rest of the season and of course you can check out titans on hbo max right now look at that spiffy outro music that too. Was Awesome. Ooh, I like our graphics. Look at no. Like we're looking good. Yeah, oh, you can man. see the full interview on the YouTube page, and then uh, we do have more coming up uh, with her as well uh, after the uh, after the finale. So stick around for that as well. Nice, awesome, Matt. Another awesome interview. Thank you for doing that. And like uh, we said at the end, there, Titan season four is on HBO Max right now, and they are dropping weekly episodes. So be sure to tune in. All right, let's go to our TV talk, guys. So um, I have not seen Wednesday or Titans. I'll say that up front. So, Matt, you get to run the show again after that. But uh, first, <laughs> let's talk about Andor. So Andor has now completed. It's done. It's all 12 episodes are out on Disney+. Plus. If you waited to binge them all, I don't know why, but now you can. But, uh, yeah, I've been waiting to talk about this. I got to see it early. I got to see episode Ooh. 11 and 12 right after 10 came out. And I saw it again. I wanted to watch it again because screeners are great, but little inside baseball about industry screeners. Like you get them and your name and emails like plastered across the screen. So like, you, and it's like, I mean, we're talking like 720p like tops, right? Resolution. So 
it's always never the best representation of what's actually been done. So it does, but just, it gives you just an insight of the vague kind. I mean, the basic series of events and all that stuff. But it also pays to rewatch them like for real on your real TV and stuff. And I rewatched Andor's and finale, and man, like, whew, what a finale! Like best Star Wars TV finale for me, hands down, and one of the best season one finales I think I've ever seen for a TV show. Period. Like just. Usually it's like a penultimate episode, which is the second to last is the bomb is like the dope one. And then like finales are just wrap up. This like brings everything together from the beginning of the season. All those things you start thought were slow in those first three episodes from the people of Ferrix, even the smallest little side characters that you saw or spent any kind of time with kind of turn around to mean something and have some kind of part in this finale. And um, for me, just like one of the most inspiring things about Star Wars I've felt in a long time for this series, uh, the possibilities for what Star Wars can do. It reminds me uh, all over again of why I love this franchise. And uh, yeah, I mean, all doubt about like why make this show? Why about this character? Like, I, I think we all I mean, those a lot of us who have watched it can say you now see the possibilities that you know, can be told from even the smallest Star Wars character. And uh, Phase Zero host Jamie Girac wrote an excellent piece about how this show has helped redefine not just Rogue One, but like Star Wars itself altogether. And like what the rebellion is and like who are heroes in the rebellion? Is it just Luke Skywalker and like Han Solo and the people we see with the medals? But like, how does that make that relatable to like real life? not just fantasy, but like this really does make you feel like there's some things in this finale episode. I was joking with somebody joking that uh, makes me feel like I should rise up like right now. Like I should be doing more to like rise up and like do stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't think I get that from like watching a Skywalker story about everyday right. people and the sacrifices and what it costs and you know what it does. Um, but I can't rave enough about Andor. I could keep going and do a whole episode just about this. But um, yeah, this was, you know, I always, I said in the beginning, I think I was the most hopeful, uh, not putting you guys down, but just because, not just because I like Star Wars, but I just always, I said I liked the Cassian Andor character because of what Rogue One suggested about him and all the compromises he had to make and all the stuff he had to go through. And this show captured that and so much more, like really beautifully. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, I suggest I, I would see this. My parents are sitting down to watch it right now, uh, sidebar, which is hilarious. So I walked in because I was storing my turkey, my Thanksgiving turkey. Me and producer Peter were talking about smoking turkeys um, before this. We were both turkey smokers. But uh, we were – I had to pick up my turkey from my parents the night before Thanksgiving so I could, you know, brine it, get in the smoker and all that. And I, I walk into their house and – they're just sitting on the bed with these confused looks on their faces. And I'm like, I walk in, I look in and they're like in the middle of Andor episode two. And like, it's hilarious between the two of them. They're trying to like figure it out. They're like, so is the little boy like that? I'm like, yes, that's him as a little boy. Just like, I just keep watching. <laughs> like, and they just like came back today and now they're in like the heist. They're in the high storyline. And they're like, Oh, Oh man. Like, yeah, da, da, da. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, that's how it works. But, um, yeah, so I know it's going to spread, but uh, now that it's out, I hope it gets a big bump before season two because I think season two is going to be really excellent. And that post-credit scene, though, I mean, Andor just came yeah. along and also dropped one of the sickest post-credit scenes we've ever seen. 
that has people just like have you falling out your chair and like blowing your mind. So I could rave all day about this, but I'm going to shut up now. You guys, let's go to Janelle because Janelle can be, you know, our fan. She is the control to our experiment to make sure we don't like go too fanboy into Star Wars. <laughs> so I'm always curious. How did Janelle ultimately come away feeling about this stuff? Well, um, I will say that I have felt so emotionally connected to almost all of these like core characters on the show, which is something that I truly have not felt in the Star Wars realm in a very, very long time, besides like Princess Leia as a kid, right? Um, this, it, it, this feels so much bigger than just Star Wars. It feels so political. It feels so relevant in today's times like what they do to in remembrance of their lost uh their fallen peeps like when they pass their show that they put on are we spoiling i don't know uh but their ceremony and what they do was so like touching i was i had like tears in my eyes watching it i this has been an emotional week in tv for me i think it's just the holidays or something but i actually i i felt so emotionally connected to them i have not experienced that and I cannot tell you how long. And it just feels so good to be like a Star Wars fan. Like, I feel like I am a true Star Wars fan now because I love this so much. Yeah, no, I can't. Uh, I can't disagree. And, you know, it's as someone who really just came in not sold on the idea. Uh, they've, they've really done an amazing job here of getting me to really care about not just this character but like everything he's involved in and the supporting cast and all these other characters and and it really shows too like how fun a spy world can be in this in this world of star wars um and that was a hell of a post-credit scene that was uh that was pretty as one of those too that just has you looking back on things and going oh my god you know you reflect differently on stuff so um yeah so you want to hear I, a funny story yeah, so yeah, yeah. so we're like preparing uh, our content over here at Comic Book and I get from one of our editors, JK, he's like, hey man, like, hey, we're going to write up this stuff about the Andor finale tonight. Like, we wow, that post-credit scene, we're going to do all breakdowns. And I'm like, what post-credit scene? And he's like, didn't you watch the screener? And I was like, yeah, but I was like, I was so like, I, I finished the screener at the end of my shift with like my family downstairs. Oh. Wait, and, I didn't like, see it either. And I let it, I was oh, like, fast forwarding. Oh, no. It's, no. It's, it's, it's at the end end. Like where you typically don't think like Marvel and them don't put post-credit right. scenes. Like, yeah. Oh, we can't, don't tell her, don't tell her, don't tell her anything. No, yeah, I'm not, same here. Not I did anything. for a while because I was stunned by the finale and I was just sitting there like, oh my God, my head. And then I just like, I was like, I should check the end. But I was like, man, Tony Gilroy isn't doing no post-credit scenes. And then I was just like, oh got up and left. Gosh. And then people told me. And so like the first thing I did when it actually aired or on Disney Plus was like, go to the end. And I just like fell out of my seat. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oz. Don't have Nobody tell Janelle. But uh, yeah, you got to, you got to go back and watch that, that thing. It is, it is crazy. It, you, why don't you do it now while we're just I'm doing it right and, now. It's yeah, already pulled right. up on my second all right, screen. All right. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, then we'll get your live reaction. Um, but yeah, right? Like, and just the levels, you know, Star Wars always plays with ideas of like fate and destiny and stuff. And that's always like for the big people like Luke. But this thing made like and or hurts your head on several key occasions about 
how things ultimately like playing with the, I think this is one of the best prequels I've ever seen about taking what you know happens and making it even deeper, richer, more powerful, more messed up at certain points or more touching and endearing at other points unless like masterfully done. So in that post-credit scene is just a prime example of what in, in what a post-credit scene is, should be. It has nothing to do with the actual story except for that one connection in it in, but it's not key to the seasonal arc. But once you do see it, you're like, uh, like, and it just bugs you out. So yeah, man, great star Wars TV. I thought we were all focused on Obi-Wan, but Andor snuck in here and just kind of blew us away. Oh, Janelle's face right now. Uh, what? In the actual? Right? And there you, you have, have to watch it. Oh, my oh, God. Right? Yo. Right? Oh my God! What? Oh, and homie, okay. and homie will never know. He never knew. He never ever knew. Oh. But uh, oh, how right. crazy is that? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <sighs> wow! Right? So somebody clip it. Anyway, yeah. yeah anyway, if that. you want to know how Andor works, <laughs> there, there you go. That's that's what it's doing to people out here. You saw Janelle. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've said it all. Watch Andor. We spent way much more time on this than I probably should have, but uh, I had to get it in. So watch Andor, and I and I can't wait for season two. And I hope we get. I don't want Star Wars to stop being fantasy. Like I want my Baby Yoda. I want my Mandalorian. But yeah. I also want this. So right. I, I hope this franchise starts to spread out this way because it it, it was awesome. And like yep. Matt said, the spy part, the Tony Gilroy espionage, kind of seeing a spy take shape. And there's so many layers to it. Just like all the ways you begin to realize like why Cassian Andor is such a great spy because of the way he influences people, the way he can like, you know, move things and get people to start moving and kind of doing things and shake them out of their thing, like wherever he goes and just, or just manipulate people in a weird kind of way. And it's just, it works on so many levels. So yeah, I can't wait. And Mon Mothma is a, is a queen. All right. Matt, why don't you get a chance to murk out? I just murked out. That was my Thanksgiving feast. Oh. <laughs> why don't no, you no. murk out a little bit about Titans in uh, Wednesday? And because uh, I'm so, excited for Wednesday. So um, Anissa has been my 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 wonderful wife uh, has been the person most excited for Wednesday because she's a huge Adams Family uh, fan. Like she just loves the, the movies, like their like original show, everything. Right. So she's like the one who got me psyched for Wednesday because she was like, you have to watch that first trailer when it first dropped and everything. So I got, I, I then got excited by proxy. Uh, and then I watched the, so I've watched only one episode. I've, I've got one episode and all I can literally think of is watching the rest. <laughs> There's eight total <laughs> this season. I am so, I love this show so much. Uh, Jenna Ortega is phenomenal. As She's Wednesday. been killing it. She is on you, so, like yeah. She's oh just my god, it. she's amazing! Like in this in this show, I mean, she she really does. Man, I mean, the show is obviously about her, but like she really, like just every scene with her is just it's just awesome. Like she's so fun to watch, and like the snarky comebacks and like her and her and her roommate, like all that stuff is great. Uh, just this world that they've built in nevermore it's just really it really impressed i was i was impressed by like how soon i was just like in it 
I was just like, yes, I'm, I'm in for this. And then they do, they smartly do it the at the end of the first episode, they do a like coming up on, you know, so they kind of give you this overview of the season. And like, it's just like this, you know, there's like a couple different mysteries going on. Wednesday is trying to get to the bottom of these things, both for her and in regards to her family. Um, I was, I was just in I the Tim Burton of it all. Like I'm kind of hit and miss with Tim Burton sometimes because like sometimes I feel like it is style over substance in, in some cases, but I always just love the looks of his movies. I don't always love the movies. And here it's like the perfect balance. Like it's like it looks gorgeous. It's it's his style, but I still just really enjoy the characters and the and the show itself. So I I love it, man. I, I and I also love it. It's in the comments. Thank you, Black Panther. Um look. Christina Ricci will like, there's no, like, she's kind of, yeah, there's no, let's not do this. That. There's not, yeah. no touching it's like that. Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a different approach, too. Like, there's also, they, you know, they make like a, a major change to the character as far as like what she can do because there's a kind of this added thing. So, like, it is a, a different um, iteration. That said, I love that Christina Ricci is a part of it. And so far, her character is like a small, part but still like it's just awesome to see her interact and, and in the world and stuff um but i just yeah i adored it i thought it was so fun so just kind of what i was hoping for out of this show so i did not expect to be as taken uh with it janelle do you have a chance oh yeah i am just loving this this is uh this is tickling all of my like um Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah, Edward Scissorhands, like just all of those things that I've just missed so much. And I watch them and I'm like, oh, man, I miss Tim Burton. Like I miss all this type of like uh, it's like kid spooky. Right. And, and it's just great. Like you guys know the coming of age thing is not my favorite. This is it just feels bigger than that. It's so right. fun. I love Morticia in this. I love. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I. It's a different thing. They're trying to make Wednesday a little bit more relatable, and the family. Like, otherwise, there's not really a storyline. The storyline, if you like the original, like, mom and dad are obsessed with each other. The family all are obsessed with each other. There's no dilemma. Like, it's only people from the outside. Like, they just, it's like a happy, jolly family that's like goth. That's one thing, but this there has to be like some type of relatability. So the fact that she's like a teenager and she's kind of a little, she's kind of a little butt. Like it's very, I like that teen angst. Listen, I was a teenage girl and my mom was great, but I still like didn't get along with her very often. <laughs> so there is literally nothing crueler than a teenage girl. I exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, I think it's relatable and it's just got that really cool tim burton twist and feeling on it. it it gives you like it tickles that if you do love movies like edward scissorhands like you're gonna feel really satisfied by this because it's like a modernized version of that yeah agreed also uh just gotta love man i gotta love the uh spanish influence there coming in going in loud and clear <laughs> coming in loud and clear we're taking over i don't know about <laughs> the hubby though like i'm not i'm not like, a lot of people are very are very um torn on gomez it's like, not that he's latin it's just him specifically his right it's just a, it's a it's a nuts. different take 
Yeah. Even though you watch, like, Who it's, is a it? it's a different take. Um, oh my God. Uh, Guzman. Is it Luis Guzman? Guzman? Yeah, yeah, it's Guzman. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. It's I a was different like, take. It's a different. Zeta Jones is Morticia as flawless. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, uh, even Pugsley. Like, there's so, there's, there's so well done. Thing it's, is great. Yeah. But his is it's almost impossible to get past Raul Julia. As, yeah, as it's just it was such a Gomez, I mean, it's though. like Christina yeah. Ricci. It's like it's it's such yeah. an iconic take mm. on that character that like I don't know, like I it's hard, but I I do he just I reminds me of it. the uncle a little bit more than the dad. Like the dad was still kind of dashing. I am very excited for Armisen as Festus. I haven't gotten to that yeah. part yet, but I'm very excited for that. So anyway, so that's Wednesday. Um I I am stoked, Janelle is stoked. Uh, Ugh, we, we will can't be wait definitely to talking. This. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I want to talk about it when we've like seen all the episodes mm -hmm. and we can get into some spoiler stuff. Um, and then, real quick, just uh, Titans episode five uh, is more just like number one, uh, we got more snakes, titanings, <laughs> we got more, more titanings. Uh, for a fan, as a fan of the, the comics, when um, you know, like the outsiders were clashing with the Teen Titans and we were going through that whole Connor Luther storyline. I have loved seeing Connor kind of embrace the more Luther sides of, of his character um, over the over the past episodes. And so seeing that, I mean, here especially when he's like kind of partly under control, um, the fun hijinks of seeing uh, Gar to go go like inside his body to try and like get rid of this thing like there's just some really fun stuff and then we also get like the heart stuff um with tim and bernard uh and then of course if you want to uh find out more uh kind of behind the scenes stuff about uh this episode specifically uh we've actually i, I have an interview coming out with james scully uh, should come out later today, actually, um, where we talk all about that uh, and that kind of romance and where it's going and stuff. So, yeah, I'm enjoying this. Janelle, what do you think? I, I, Titans is great. Like, this is a really banger season. Uh, I, I love the magic and mysticism. I love the witchy stuff. Uh, it's just a nice, it's something else to like add to your repertoire when you're kind of in the middle of watching Home Alone and things like that. It's just a nice break. I'm glad yeah. that it's kind of extending into like December and into kind yeah. of like the Christmas season. Cause sometimes I need, I need a little bit of like, Oh God, I'm sorry. I just looked at the scene with the scissors and the eyeballs. I mean, it, it, it goes hard. Yeah, it goes hard. <laughs> it does. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend watching it and just uh, checking out every single episode seems to be hooking me. So that's great. Like I'm not getting lost in any of them. I'm not kind of like, oh, okay, it's another, I'm really, I'm really enjoying every single episode. Agree. Yeah. So that's uh, that's Titans. All right. Let's get into our man. We've been keeping waiting in the wings for a long time over there. He's back to talk wrestling once again. Mr. Connor Casey is here. Whoa! He's got a full helmet. I got I got oh, the memo. We were wearing stupid hats. So here I am. Wow. He went from hats to helmets. Ex yeah, ex I was total say, escalation. He, he, went, he went all right off the bat. The bat. Coming in like a true heel. Come on in, Connor. What's going on, fellas? And what's, you know, what's uh, going on? Uh, yeah, what's up, man? So Helmet Book Nation. Yes, Damon. Yes, it is. That is our new name, Helmet Book Nation. Uh, so, of course, we are here to talk about – we're actually going to talk about a little bit of everything because we're going to talk about AEW and WWE because we just have full gear. Um, and we're also going to dive into, of course, Survivor Series War Games happening this Saturday. But let's just take a step back and look at full gear because it was a big show and as we had talked about before 
it was kind of a turning point show. We wanted to see some things kind of clear the board a little bit and move AEW into the next chapter. Uh, do, do you think that happened, Connor? I, I think in some ways it did. It, it, it fixed a lot of problems that have kind of hung over AEW for the past six months or so. MJF winning the title has breathed new life yeah. into that main event scene. The Elite are back. They're paired up with uh, Death Triangle. That's a fantastic six-man pairing. The House of Black is back on this week's Dynamite. Ricky Starks is getting a little bit of a main event run. I would love to see him. You know, he had the tape, and if you were a WCW fan in the late 90s, if you didn't get any sort of DDP vibes there as he went into that match, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but that's a fantastic role for Ricky, especially if they want to come back to that later. Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm blowing the absolute roof off the place. We then fixed the interim championship thing that we had talked about ad nauseum on last week's show. There were a lot of positives on this. It didn't even feel too long, which was the big worry that I had going into this one after the past few shows. Now, is everything fixed? No. The Ring of Honor situation is still unresolved, and I still feel like we're not getting that fixed until next year. JAS is on my TV way too much each week. Rampage still doesn't feel like must-see television, and I don't yep. think there's any greater indicator of that than today's episode happening at about 3 o'clock. There are still issues that need to be resolved, but was this the right step forward? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, you know, it is important to note that like the interim stuff happened on the dynamite after I would have loved for that to have happened at full gear. So that like haters big moment and like it, you know what I mean? Like it would have just like happened all there and then hater could have just hit the ground running. But I do love that. Not only did we make that, and I know it was not something Khan wanted to do initially, you know, and it wasn't something that, you know, Rosa obviously wanted, but I'm glad they did that. And I'm also glad they retroactively made Storm's title run a full on championship. That was the right thing to do. And that was awesome, too. Um, and I agree, like having the elite come back, um, you know, I, I, I really think the MJF and the Regal Swerve, like all that stuff is good. That was all good. I do. It is funny that. um is it i, I want to make sure i say it right kieda uh c14 every match at full gear felt like there were all 30 minutes i do feel like it what i don't feel like it was too long i do feel like we crammed like i don't know how i think it's just like time displacement like or like if it i don't know if it was a pacing thing or what there were a couple matches that I was like wow like these feel like super <laughs> super long um we might could have tightened that up a little bit, but I think this was the first show in a while that I felt like at the end of it, I wasn't completely burned out. Like I was high on adrenaline. That was a good ending. I came out of it with like, those were great matches and I didn't feel like the crowd was tapped out by the end. So I, so I agree with you. I think it was a really good spot. And I think dynamite furthered that. I think dynamite really like they're on a really good course uh, for, for the next event. So, um, you know, moving on to survivor series, War, this is the first main roster war games. So this is a big deal. Uh, for if you've been a fan of war games matches in NXT, up uh, number one, there's a lot of NXT people involved in these <laughs> war games matches, so uh, it's going to be fun there. Um, uh, and then of course, there's all there's already buzz and hype of like who's we, we've got a fifth spot remaining in the women's match. Um, but of course, you know, tri in this Triple H era, everyone's excited for like who might show up, who might you know hop in, um, uh, you know. 
what one we'll start with the war games matches what which one do you think will steal the show we have the men's match and the women's match and both are stacked i think it's it's weird to label this as stealing the show because it will be the main event right. but it's the it's the it's the men's war games match it kind of dawned on me this will be the first time at least on television we've seen all five members of the bloodline in a single match yeah it was a rarity when we had roman and the usos in a in a three man much less adding in Solo and Sammy into the equation. Yeah. I think, and this has been reported on, this is their first main roster War Games match. And for years to come, you're going to have to rely on the footage of this show to help yeah. promote the match. You can't just have the NXT clips, mostly because half the people involved in those matches are gone. Yeah, they're not there. So you're gonna have, unless you want to heavily highlight Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I got some bad news for you. <laughs> So, no, they're, they're going to pull out all the stops with that match. I think people will be talking about whatever they wind up doing with Sammy and Kevin long after this show ends. I think the women's match will do well. You've got some absolutely great, you know, pieces in there. But I think the story that winds up getting told in the main event regarding the bloodline, whether it's, hey, they actually take a loss when they're all together or someone like Sammy pulling through and getting the win for them. That's something you can carry on going forward. I don't see a lot of that potential with the women's match. You will just go right back to, hey, Damage Control hates everybody. Rhea Ripley's great. Whoever that fifth woman is, I think I have a hunch who it is. How does she fit into the equation? That that kind of all gets bogged down by the lack of momentum that Raw has. And yeah. the men's match will not have that problem. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think for the women's match, it really... The women's match is the more experienced of the War Games matches because most of those women have already done several of them. I mean, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, like they, they've all have those under their belts already. Um, so I think from a put together, I think as a match, that probably might be my favorite match. It really comes, it really depends on who the fifth member is. Some of the rumors point to, you know, there's rumors out there that point to Becky Lynch being that person. Of course, there's already, you know, lots of people hoping it's <laughs> Sasha Banks or Naomi. There's other people that like, hey, maybe um, Candice LeRae is not as hurt as they thought. She's in there. There's a couple of different ways that could go. It really depends on who that fifth member is for that match to really kind of from a from a storytelling and from a impact spot. The, well, the, the men's match is the one that is going to be. It's the Sami Zayn show. <laughs> so whatever happens in that bloodline match, the fact that it's all of them together, the fact that it's a lot of their first war games matches anyway, because um, like Solo hasn't hasn't been in one, I don't believe, uh, no. when he came in. So like, yeah, like there's just so much you can do with that. And having Kevin Owens on the other team, that's just going to be like can't like must see TV. Like that's going to have to be. So, yeah, for me, it's that, too. I, I agree with you. Um what Triple H surprises do you hope to see? So allow me to kind of uh, stomp out a couple of theories here. I don't think it's Candice, simply because I don't think her showing up is a big enough of a, oh, hey, that's the fifth member. Because right. I don't think enough people have even noticed she hasn't been on TV in a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's Sasha or Naomi, simply yeah. because that departure was so public that you're not going to bring back one without the other. The right. big conversation about those two has honestly been, what is Sasha going to do outside the company? If it's just Naomi coming back, everyone's going to go, okay, where's Sasha? 
And if there is no Sasha to show up, it'll be seen as a letdown. If just Sasha shows back up, everyone's like, okay, is Naomi like right behind her? Because she has no reason to not be here otherwise. <laughs> right. She's not trying to be in a Star Wars series. Where is she? She doesn't have a, you know, five different trademarks for what is clearly going to be some outside business ventures going on. It's just more of a, okay, when is this package deal coming along back? As for Becky, it all lines up. The timing of what her injury was versus the timetable of her return, the storyline that had been presented of, hey, it might have been the separated shoulder that in the match with Bianca that took her out, but we wrote that damage control was the one that actually put her on the shelf, and that can be readdressed. Right. You, you kind of have to give something for damage control to do once they realize that, hey, we need to do something other than Bailey versus Bianca at the next pay-per-view. Right. We, we've already done that enough times now to where it's it's old. It's worn out. It's welcome. With Becky somehow getting added back into that mix, there it does breathe some life into the equation. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be, honestly. I don't, I don't see it being an NXT call-up. There's no one that's an obvious, hey, bring her up and put her with the baby faces. Sasha and Naomi, there's a lot of baggage there, and I feel like they want to save that return if and when it happens as a dual threat, as the book yeah. coming back at once. And Candice... Love her to death. It's it her her coming back on Raw makes more sense. Yeah, no, I mean I can't I can't disagree with you, and uh, I will look. I'll pop for a Becky as as a person is wearing his Becky sweater right now. I will pop for a Becky Lynch return as a face because I am so excited. <laughs> we're 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 moving past the the heel face. Uh, anything else you wanted to kind of add on on top of those things? Uh, just that we'll have live coverage of this weekend for the uh, for the whole show. I know it's Thanksgiving weekend, so. A lot of folks are, you know, busy with families, but hey, wrestling and Thanksgiving were synonymous for decades, and I love that Triple H is bringing that back just a little bit by having this show on Saturday. Uh, on top of these War Games matches, you have AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. It's gonna be good every time those two get in the ring together. It's magic. Um, oh, I, you know, we've got we've got Ronda and Shotzi. You know, hey, give Shotzi a chance to shine on a big stage yeah. for once. That's you know, have her show up in the tank and and take Ronda to the limit, and I don't think there will be any complaints. And for all coverage of that, you can check out comicbook.com's wrestling section and follow us on TikTok at Comic Book Wrestling. Why? Because good things will happen if you do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Connor. Appreciate it. Later. Thank you, oh, Connor. Kieda, by the way, I yes, uh, if they bring back Tegan Knox, I will lose my mind, but I don't think her visa issues are sorted out. I hope that's not the case, but yeah. So that's I, I'm right there with you. But yeah, that's all right. Thank you. Now let's put back, let's take back control of the show for all of a second before we throw it back to Matt to start comics talk. <laughs> so back to you, Matt. <laughs> I was like, what, what are we, what, what's the thing? Is it breaking <laughs> news? I was really excited. I was like, is there going to be a video or something? I know. <laughs> no, just down. Matt talking more. You let me down. Wow. Wow. I love yeah. it. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, Action Comics 1049. I am very excited. We're talking so much Superman. It makes it makes me happy. So um, we last time this continues. Uh, this is part five of the return of Kal-El. I just, man, I, I love this book. This is giving me so much. Uh, there's just so many awesome Superman moments that really show you like why this character matters and the like how just inspiring he can be but also just how much of a badass he can be there, there's so much here and we move the storylines of metallo continues to be the mvp of this particular run and and the stuff with luther 
they're just doing doing so much work here with the Superman family, even and how that expands. Um, so I've been talking enough. I love this. I, I've loved this every part of this, and this one is no different for me. What did you guys think? I'm right there with you. Uh, I've said it before about this current run in Action Comics, which is that it, it's it kind of understands something I don't think I really understood before, which is that you have to kind of treat Superman in this dual approach of the character, but also who like the character as an icon and kind of just a symbol and how that kind of affects a whole other set of things around him. And I think this is doing that well. It's doing actual world building within a world that we know so well. Like we all know Metallo and Lex Luthor and Bibbo and all this stuff. But the way that it, it's weaving it together into this kind of reality of Superman's world that kind of makes sense and feels right for him. And like I said, at once it explores his character, but also explores the effect his character has on people and things is is a good way to do it and it's the most interesting i like the dirty kind of rugged artwork that scene with metallo is like terrifying and like yeah <laughs> it, it just all looks good and this is the most interested i've been in superman comics in a long time janelle yeah same i superman is superman and i i like i like superman but he's not like at the top of my list and i think kofi nailed it like this has gotten me so into uh his storyline and this specific storyline has been so great um and the art was really great it was easy <laughs> it's an easy read and it's an easy interpretation there's no like wondering what the heck is going on right which brings us to our next comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's a great segue. So, yeah. wow, really? Yeah, okay, I, let's get into it. I mean, I'm, okay. I can't so, wait to talk uh, about it, but it, yes. Well, here's the thing. I have been, I'm, since I've read this, I have been so intrigued to see what Janelle thinks. So, of course, we are talking Me about too. Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, uh, a, a mini series uh, done by Trad Moore and, and Heather Moore. And look, you know this is going to be trippy just from the cover. <laughs> you know, it's going to be kind of, you don't know really what to expect. At least I didn't know what to expect. Uh, but I did not know, really know. I, I think I still don't know what to expect as, as the, the issue winds down. Yet I feel compelled to read further because it ends in a really, a place that I did not really think we were getting to. If you're starting to read this book, like it is super trippy. Um I, okay, so I'm, I'm Janelle. What do you think? What do you think? Because I've been okay. curious about this. First of all, I would get this artwork tattooed on my body. Like it is so <laughs> <What>? cool. <laughs> I am I would, not. I am so. I feel like I'm lost <laughs> in this place. Doctor Strange is. Like, <laughs> I would. Frame I have no idea where you're. This. Like, if you like this or not. Yeah. I well. Okay. There's a couple things. I would frame this on my wall. The artwork. I am a huge fan of. Like, I just think it is absolutely stunning. Um, I would say that this is a heady comic. I don't. I hope that makes sense to you guys. But mm -hmm. it definitely makes me feel trippy and all oh, up yeah. in my head. And like, it's uh, yeah. Which I'm kind of a hippie. Like, I'm a yogi, and it, it works for me. I could definitely see people not loving this, though. It is 
not easy to follow. And that is being nice. Like I had no, even me, I didn't know what was going on. Like, here's the thing. You cannot read this on your phone (laughs) or an iPad (laughs) and even a laptop. It is very hard to digest, I think, digitally. I think this is a, you need to hold this in your hand to be able to follow because there is a lot of detail and there's a lot of story progression in the actual artwork. And if you can't see what's happening, it it really is at the detriment of the comic. So I, yeah, it needs to be held in your hand. I've been meaning to do this for a lot of weeks, but yeah, can we just talk to like all these kind of different, even from the people who are either digitally selling or even providing us with like previews of comics, there's got to be a function where we can lay this out horizontally. Agreed. Like trying to follow this like vertically is just insane. Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. It, it, impossible. It's and, insane. And it's also like you can't really zoom in and you can't yeah. really see what's happening. So like that was definitely such a bummer because I feel like this deserves a, a different eyeball on it. It needs to be like held in your yeah. Um, um, but it's so cool. It was cool, but I'm biased. So makes me love guided view. I miss guided view. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> oh my god. Me too. I miss guided view so much. I put that on my gigantic uh, monitor. Oh my god. Yeah, so amazing. Um, yeah, going off. I mean, I'm. I just love it when people are trying to get to that Kirby level of like imagining the unimaginable. <laughs> um, we read this that Wonder Woman book about the gods. Oh, yeah was very much like this um, in a very different kind of way, but equally as kind of metaphysical, slightly religious and trippy and like hella trippy. Um, and I'm not opposed to all these things, but I'm glad I wrote, I read this like fresh in the morning. If I had had like a cocktail or anything before this, I'd be, they like find me I'm wandering the highway or something. Don't, being like, don't smoke. Yeah, I'd be like, yo, what what universe is this? Where am I? Actually, or maybe do. You would probably really enjoy Uh, it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I I mean, I I need a special, I guess somebody needs to slip something in some tea for me or something for me to go where (laughs) Doctor Strange went. But kudos to the people for creating this comic. And I hope they had fun getting their minds where they needed to to draw and then conceive of some of this stuff because it is just Doctor Strange in this weird metaphysical other realm. And it's a wild thing to try to imagine, but it is a wild thing to also try to follow. But I didn't hate it. And I do want to know what happens next because right. there is this kind of crazy ending. And so, like, I was just kind of like, yeah, but I was like, Matt. And I knew as soon as I started this, I was like, Matt. Here's the thing. We did a lot of we've done a lot of Batman over the last few months. We've done a lot of like other books. And I saw Doctor Strange and I went, look, how am I not? How, how you got it's it's it Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta we gotta do this Doctor Strange. We can't just not we can't just skip Doctor Strange. Just get the spotlight, man. So I, just, I mean, I'm know. so glad you picked it. I I felt like it was a gift when he posted it in our little <laughs> Slack. I was like, Doctor Strange, like in all caps. I was so excited. So no, that's so, all good. It was actually good. I think it's. It, I think I agree with you all though. As far as it is super trippy and weird, <sighs> and yeah, I did not know what was happening half the time. But by the end of it, okay I'm with with, that. I, I got to know what happens next. I, yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm I agree. There. Um, yeah, so that's kind Long-haired of- Strange is a vibe. Yeah, it is a vibe. Yeah. Now, I, my question, my only question was, is this supposed to be set after the death of Doctor Strange? Oh, that's who knows? I, I have no clue. <laughs> that's what I thought. 
Like, I thought this is where he ends up, like, after yeah. that. And maybe we're seeing the beginning of a Doctor Strange, like, comeback. That's exactly what I thought, Kofi. And I was like, I don't know if I'm right. Oh, but... well, no, Damon. Damon is a common expert. Damon Stream is a comic expert yeah. over there at Agents of Fandom. Shout out to Agents of Fandom. He says, no, this is not canon. It's its own thing. Okay. So that makes oh. sense. Yeah. Oh. Well, I Which, I by, by the way, is probably Which good. means I knew nothing. I came out of this knowing nothing. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's comics. but i think uh yeah that's comics all right that'll do it for this episode of comic book nation uh, i think we've demonstrated why we say we're the only show that does it all for geek culture we've been all around the bend today um yeah matt did you have any mentions you wanted to get out of the way oh i'll just uh look when it's coming up december's coming up christmas coming up uh, I, I definitely we one of the things we love doing here is talking comics. So we are definitely going to be doing our best comics of the year. Uh, so definitely uh, start thinking about to to my amazing co-host, start thinking about what uh, books you've you've loved over the year. We're definitely going to do like Ooh, a, a reveal style thing I, on that oh coming my up. God, I don't even know. I mean, what that's I easy. Read. I think this. Is, oh, no, I think it's easy this year. Yeah, I'm doing hey, it. I'm easy. giving you fair warning. I'm giving you fair warning. So Matt, you that. have to tell me what we've read. <laughs> Batman, I mean, Batman I, the I Night is Batman. the right answer, right? Like, Batman the Night, like, it's going to be a Batman. So I'm going to do, I want to do our top three each. Okay. Kind of like we did the all MCU right, right. breaks. Oh, or, yeah, like, yeah, that kind yeah, of I got stuff. It. So Any, we will definitely do like, Marvel or DC or top Marvel three Marvel or DC, top three DC? Or, okay. um, anything in between. Yeah, anything yeah. in between. Okay. Uh, so that will be coming up. I, I don't know when exactly we'll be doing it. Soon over the next few weeks. This has been a long year. I've been reading a lot of comics, Matt. Yeah, there's a lot With you guys and on my own. I'm going to be very confused here. And then if you look on our uh, Comic Book Nation uh, Twitter feed, you will find the Comic Book Nation, the first ever Comic Book Nation holiday board game guide uh, put together. So definitely uh, check there if you are looking for board games over the holiday season. Uh, plenty of stuff in there that uh, recommended. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, mentions. And, of course, check out our YouTube page. By the way, Comic Book Nation YouTube page. We have lots of interviews there. We got lots of interviews coming. Hint, hint, certain Witcher show is coming. So I don't know. Stuff might be there, too. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, definitely check out uh, all those things coming to the page. Yeah, we can't fit it all in this show, but we'd be talking to some famous peoples here and there and doing interviews for you guys and Let's getting go. more and doing all that good stuff. So check out the YouTube page, as Matt said. You can also download Comic Book Nation on all your favorite podcast platforms, and you can follow us on Twitter for as long as that lasts, at Comic Book Nation, <laughs> or you follow us individually. I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And we want to say happy holidays to everyone. Once again, take care of each other. Shout out everybody. Uh, you know, fandom, it's a growing chain. We, we've we had some people come together through these various shows like this and Phase Zero and uh, other things. And just uh, always just check in and say what's up to each other. Make, make sure everybody kind of, uh, yeah, touches base with each other, especially these times of years. It's a good time to appreciate Everything we have, all the connections we have, all the things we get to enjoy and geek out over. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going on a good vibes only train till the end of the year. So uh, we are grateful for all of you. Shoot. Yes, absolutely. So thanks for being here. uh, Thanks for giving us the platform. Yup. And uh, yeah, good vibe train starting with this Guardians of the Galaxy pulling out of the station. We'll be here. Comic Book Nation. See you guys next week. Peace. Bye, guys. Peace.